Welcome to Frankly Speaking. With Mayor B. I'm Frank Pesanite III. And I'm Meredith Broadbeck. And join us as we delve further into our series, The Hills Have Size, where we revisit the seminal MTV show, The Hills. Um, before we get started, we have a little bit of announcements and house cleaning. Um, and an announcement I have is that I was a guest star on, um, Emotionally Broken Psychos, the podcast. Um, actually we're recording this the day that it came out. You'll be hearing this tomorrow. So the episode is dropped. It's episode 37. Nice. Um, it's called, um, I love Kelly Catron more than I love my luggage. Yes. Which, <laughs> True. All totally around. true. Yeah. Um, it was incredibly fun. Um, so definitely take a listen, you guys, and just listen to Emotionally Broken Cycles in general. It's a really fun, amazing podcast. If you love reality TV, which if you're listening to our show, I'm assuming that you watch other reality TV shows and it's a great, it's a you great show. You will love it. Yeah. I love the psychological breakdowns of reality TV stars. So <laughs> definitely give it a listen. Yes. Um, so other house cleaning before we dive into this episode further. One thing that I forgot to mention when we re-recorded the episode, The Night at the Opera, is that when Stephanie approaches the you know VIP area and comes after Lauren, she's with her friend Roxy. And Roxy, for those of you who watch The City, is actually who they put in the first season of The City as Whitney's friend, which is kind of a weird MTV workaround. Her name's Roxy Olin, so if you've seen The City, that's who is in this episode of The Hills as a brief appearance. Um... And that was it. That was it. Yeah. And we forgot to mention this is season three. Season three, episode 18, When One Door Closes, Ellipsis. I think it's 19. No, it's episode 18. Oh, is it? Okay. Um, And this is actually the mid-season finale. Yes. Because season three is so long, lucky for us, they divided it into two parts, I guess. It's a little confusing as to why they didn't just make this the end of season three and make the next episode season four, um, because we do get a pretty big three-month jump between the airing. Like, this was December 10th, I think I said. Yes. Um, 2007, and the episode 19 of season three airs March 24th, 2008. So, I don't know why they didn't just call it season four, but... Well, and season one was 10 episodes, and season two was 12. Yeah. This is the, season three is the longest of any of them, like even up to uh, season six. Season three has the most episodes. It probably was just the height of the show's popularity. Yeah. And they were just milking it. So anyway, so this is technically a season finale. And I will say that rewatching it, it was very much filmed like one. Totally. Oh, completely. Yeah. They are really trying to lay it on thick that all these dramatic things are going to happen in this 12 week off period. Yeah. Um, So that said, anything from the notes from the top? Um, They did a pretty big, I mean, they didn't even just cover what happened this season. They covered what happened from season one. Like they they went way back deep. Yes. Um, Basically, my only real notes is that Heidi is out. Audrina is in when it comes to Lauren's (laughs) life. Um, Spidey are fighting again. And once again, we get to hear the sentence, the girl who didn't go to Paris out of Lisa Love's mouth. Yes. And Lauren drops a really big kind of premonition on the whole episode again, just setting the tone for the entire thing. She says, and we were about to learn everything can change. Bum, bum, bum. In an instant. Yes, of course. So we begin the episode and we're at Teen Vogue. Mm-hmm. And Whitney is in Lisa Love's office with Kimball. I have a lot to fucking say about Kimball. All right, let it loose. A lot. Um, so Kimball, uh, for those of you who've seen the episode, and if you haven't, I definitely say check it out. 
reminds me of a very young Mr. Smithers from The Simpsons. <laughs> like, he's super gay. He has Mr. Smithers haircut and affectations. <laughs> like, that's all I could think of. I was like, if they ever do a live action Simpsons, like, he needs to play Mr. Smithers. Well, I also thought it was interesting that I know that Lisa said it to Whitney and therefore wasn't talking to the audience, but she said, you remember Kimball from New York? And it was like, no, we don't. We, we don't. Re- we remember Blaine or whatever his name was. Was it Blaine? Um, I think, well, maybe he was one of Lisa's, like she had that whole like team of gays, faggle, yeah. <laughs> like that whole <laughs> gaggle of fags like running around. Um, she did. So maybe he was one of those and we just didn't really clue into him. Yeah, maybe. Um, so anyway, they invite Whitney to go to Paris again. Mm-hmm. That the again, question mark comes out of people's mouths a million times this episode. When someone says the word Paris, someone immediately says again. They invite Whitney to go to Paris to work at the Crayon Ball, which is the Parisian debutante ball. It happens once a year. I looked some things up about it. It was only created in 1992. So it's it's not this massive historical event, which I find interesting. Oh, but let's think. If it was 1992, this was 2007, it would have been the 15th anniversary. Yes. So that might have been a little bit of a bigger deal in terms of... Yes. And actually, later in the episode, when we hear Lisa Love on the phone with someone in Paris, she is on the phone with the ball's creator. Because I looked up her name, obviously. Um, So usually the ball is held in the late fall. I checked at least this year in 2016, it was held Thanksgiving weekend. Oh, gosh. So it would be very cold in Paris. No, no, no. But I mean, like, this aired December 10th. Yeah. Oh, you mean this year it was Thanksgiving weekend? Yes. Oh, okay. Sorry. So, But I mean, there wasn't much turnaround time between when they filmed... Oh, no, that's not true because the ball, we see them leaving. So the ball episode will air in March. So they had three months to edit it and do so. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, And that's my only note about Teen Vogue. I mean, do we see Whitney go back to the closet yet or is that the next segment? That's the next segment. Okay. Um, They just just stay in the office. I mean, my only note is that I swear to God, and I know they weren't because you looked it up, but she kept sounding like they were saying Creole ball. Like this was some New Orleans festival. Well, it's a double L. So in French, that's like a Y. So it's Creole. You know, it's like, you have to sound as douchey as possible to make (laughs) it sound like you're speaking French properly. So then we're at Bolt House and we're in the kitchen again. So they have this thing that they're doing with Kimberly where Kimberly always just happens to catch Heidi in the kitchen. Like it's like water cooler talk and it's not working. It's just not working. No. Like Heidi's just standing there lonely, making coffee and looking sad. And Kimberly's just like, hey. That's, that doesn't happen. This whole scene was so manufactured. And we'll talk about the end of the scene in a minute to prove how manufactured it was. Um, The only thing that I thought that came out of it was that was very insightful was that Heidi does say that she's like, she's in a relationship with a five-year-old. And you are, Heidi. Yeah. You are. Yeah. And she's, she's talking about how she wants to take a break and she just wants them to get back to, to us. Let's get back to us. And, you know, she does reiterate that she gave up everything for Spencer, which we've said that we agree with. He gave up friendships by choice. She was kind of pushed into it by him. A thousand percent. And I think that the whole theme of this episode when it comes to, actually, when it comes to both Heidi and Lauren is retrospective remorse. Yeah. Like both of them were very like introspective about like the thing, mistakes they've made in the past. And you could see the remorse on Heidi's face every time they showed her and how she's really second guessing this relationship and thinking about how much she gave up for poor Spencer. Yeah. 
I, that was, I mean, I think it's all fake and bullshit manufactured, but like that was definitely the theme of this episode. It reminds me of the South Park episode with Captain Hindsight. <laughs> I don't know if I've seen that one. He's the superhero who just shows up and tells everybody what could have been, pre- like how things could have been prevented. <laughs> and they just say like, God bless you, Captain Hindsight. <laughs> um, the other thing about this scene that I had written down is that Kimberly's wearing very heavy makeup. And I think the difference between Heidi's heavy makeup and Kimberly's is that Kimberly doesn't have someone to do it for her. She's oh yeah, Kimberly's doing it, doing it herself. Yeah. yeah. Her blush isn't blended. Her lipstick's a little too dark. It's just, it's not, it's not good. It's not that bad, but it's not good. Um, and now let's talk about what happened. Do you have anything else to say about the scene before we talk about what happened at the no, end? No, I was going to let you close it up. Okay. So at the very end of the scene, they're wrapping up with their talking and Heidi fucks up, breaks the fourth wall. And just for a second looks directly at the camera. <laughs> kind of like, did you guys get that? Like, am I done? Like, yeah. I mean, it was it was very obvious and just goes to show you here. that it it's super fake. Super, super fake. Yes. They, she was doing some filming at Bolt House and they said, hey, I know, why don't we have Kimberly surprise you in the kitchen? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Blah, blah, blah. So we're back at Team Vogue, same day. And we see Lauren pull up in her Mercedes, again with the resting bitch face driving, windows Mm -hmm. down, but top up this time. Yes. Wants a little privacy, but windows down. (laughs) And she goes into the closet, and Whitney tells her that she's going to Paris, and Lauren says, again? (laughs) And she's not even fake happy for her. No. She's full on bitter. You can tell she's just pissed. Like, I mean, she can't even pull it together to be like, oh, I'm so happy for you. So my main note about Lauren in this entire episode is pity party of one. Yeah. So she says to Whitney, after she says again in a bitchy tone of voice, she says, are they sending anyone else? Like, she's so sad she can hardly get the words out. And Whitney's just like, I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) And then Lauren just says, I shouldn't have passed the first time. And Whitney doesn't know what to say, and she looks pretty awkward, actually, even though I'm guessing the whole thing's fake, but maybe Whitney's just better at pretending. I don't know. And I would, well, here's the thing I wouldn't be surprised if the whole thing is fake, but I bet Lauren and Whitney didn't know Lauren was going to Paris. Right. I, I mean, I think MTV knew, Lisa Love knew, everyone, but I think they probably did make her sweat, and I think they probably did make Whitney, like, did clue Whitney into the joke. Yeah, that makes sense. Because it made for realer TV. Yeah, to get real reactions out of it. I mean, I think part of the thing about being a good reality TV show producer is orchestrating all this bullshit behind the scenes that's fake, but not cluing the cast into it so you get genuine reactions out of it. Yeah, you're right. Good call. Um, But so then the other thing is that Lauren admits that she's just disappointed and that she's worked really hard to try and show Lisa that she's ready... I wrote that too. I said tried to work really hard to show her question mark. Like, what, what did you do, Lauren? But also... So what Lauren turned down almost two years ago at this point was a summer internship. This is a single event. And they they act like Lauren is going across the world on a steamer with like five trunks worth of stuff. It doesn't make any sense. And we're never told how long this trip is, but I get the feeling it was like a long weekend. Yes. Yes. Maybe a week at most. At most, but I don't even think that long. She only had two suitcases and one was entirely full of shoes. Yeah, I, I don't even... But So I don't know why they're acting like this is such a big right. deal. Plus, as we know, and we've discussed on this podcast before in season one, she didn't turn down the internship because of Jason. She turned down the internship because she didn't want to film all summer. Right, She wanted the exactly. summer off. So then she has this... Even the pity party is out of control. And then she says, when will I have a chance to go again? 
Whatever you fucking want, bitch. Yeah, you have Buy so a ticket, much money. Hop on a plane. So then Lauren says under her breath as she's like furiously typing at her Mac computer, she goes, stupid Jason. Uh, Jason left it up to you, if I recall. Oh my God. I just thought of something. <laughs> it can only be like a weekend. This bitch is still in school. Yeah. They can't just leave for months on... I mean, it can't be more than a long weekend. She's in school. They're both in school. I mean, you could take a week off of classes or whatever... Because they can't have, like, a full schedule like a normal college student. But yeah, of course, no. no but I, I mean, yes, a week. But you can't just miss a month of college to just go off to Paris with your internship. No, they would also never travel for a month for the sake of Teen Vogue. They would quit. Yeah. I know. It's dumb. It's really dumb. But I like how thickly they lay it on. Like, they are acting like Lauren is getting on the Titanic. And everyone in the whole episode, and we'll talk about it later, acts like that. Yes. It's not just the two. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's so stupid. But yeah. at this point, <laughs> um, oh, and I guess we kind of like have blown our wad because we've now told people that she's going because we've been talking about the fact that she oh. ends up going. So sorry, guys. <laughs> Whoopsie, oopsie. Um, but yeah, it's just so stupid. At this point, she doesn't know she's going. She's moping her fucking face off. Whitney, to her credit, is looking very like, ugh, how do I handle this? Sorry. Because on the one hand, I want to be excited, but on the other hand, I, I want to be supportive of my poor friend who can't go. Um, and that was kind of it. You said the stupid Jason part, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that was kind of it for the closet. Like, I she, know. she says the stupid Jason. Then we get the Pratt Vortex. Yeah, at a restaurant called Who's on Third. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of appropriate <laughs> because Spencer doesn't know where his fiance is. <laughs> Who's on Third? Um, so we get Stephanie and Spencer, um, and Spencer <laughs> is being completely pouty Von Powderson and informs Stephanie that Pity he's... party of two. Oh, and let's talk about this. So Spencer <laughs> has bounced on Heidi, like left in a huff. Yeah. And it, they're making it seem like a, for a few days. Like it wasn't just one night. Like at this point it's been like a couple days. Right. Yep. Now I thought Stephanie was Heidi's best friend. Yeah. In the she whole world. Know. And she had no idea. Not a clue. And she and Spencer are so close, I can't believe she didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. And Spencer apparently went to their parents' house. She didn't know that either. I, I At this point, I feel like Stephanie was still living with her parents too, but I would that, have to fact check You that. know, I was curious about that as well. Because she makes a big deal later in the series about getting her own apartment. I thought. Maybe she had roommates? I don't now? know. I don't know. Or she, or she in a dorm? She in school? I don't know. I don't know either. We'll have to look that <laughs> We'll up. have to fact check. Um, but the only thing that I thought was really funny is that Stephanie asks him what mom and dad say about this. <laughs> yeah. And he says, mom and dad say I'm an idiot. Well, you, you are. Yeah. But mom and dad didn't know you're engaged. Yeah. And have they ever even met Heidi? I, I think so. I mean, because she Not makes it seem seen. like he hides her from them and won't tell them about the engagement. So I was surprised they thought about it one way or the other. Right. You think instead of calling him an idiot, they'd be like, well, you don't know this girl that well, and you're too young to get married anyway, and who cares? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, actually, my favorite part of the scene was right at the end when <laughs> Stephanie just shakes her head, like, lightly side to side while looking at Spencer and said, you should really send her an email. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the way to win someone's heart back. Send mm -hmm. them an email. So then we're at the villas. Yes. And Lauren is just clipping things from a magazine. Yeah, what the fuck? Like, Audrina comes in and she's like, what are you doing? And she goes, magazine cuts. Like, is she planning on doing decoupage? <laughs> so is she making a vision board of Paris? <laughs> like, what? Is that, maybe if I cut enough pictures of Paris out of magazines, I'll get to go. So a secret. <laughs> so in season one, I think fashion students have to do that for classes a lot. So when you're like... 
maybe instead of sketching, if you're not actually a fashion like design student, but you're a fashion fashion merchandising student, like you put together like a collection. So like I guess I mean we had to do that in hair school too with haircuts, but like right. Still. So she did it once in season one too, but it's just extra sad this time because she's. Her bottom lip could not be sticking out any lower. And shouldn't she be further along in her schooling that she wouldn't have to be doing that anymore? I, I don't know. I don't know. It also, it looked, something about it just looked extra juvenile. Like, I don't, isn't there a better way to cut things out? Don't you have better tools than that? I don't know. It just, it seemed weird. Like you thought she should have like an exacto knife as opposed to scissors? Or, I don't, I don't know. It's something about it. Just it was seemed, very pathetic. I yeah. mean, it seemed like something like a 16 year old girl would do to like decorate her locker. Like it looked like she should have like a classic school size bottle of Elmer's glue next to her. A like, thousand it, percent. Yeah, yeah. It was or a glue stick. Yeah. yeah. It was sad. Um, so then she again, sad bastardizes the whole story telling Andrina everything we know. Whitney's been invited to Paris again. Yeah. I'm not invited. I mean, why, why would Lisa offer it to me? I turned it down once. Well, now I will say about this. I thought that she offered, I thought that Lauren showed a lot of insight about how she fucked. Like she was very contrite about fucking up. I thought she was owning her shit. Um, I, it was nice to see. Like I thought she was very much like I fucked up. Like this is all my own doing. I'm the one that messed up. Yeah, but we don't see that a lot from Elsie or that's anyone true. on this show, period, that's ever. An, that's an excellent point, but it's more just the hopelessness that she has about going to Paris as like a rich, privileged girl. Yeah, that, I, I mean, what I'm assuming... And I bet you 20 bucks that the Conrad family went to Paris when Lauren was a child. Someone you think? Should, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think she's a liar. I don't think she's a liar either, but she comes from a super wealthy family and I'm tired of her whining about not getting to travel because I don't think that's true. Well, but see, the thing is that Orange County super wealthy families, they go to like Hawaii I'm or just, Mexico. Like I don't, like I don't, Europe's not necessarily on their radar. I'm just putting it out there. So I could see them not, because I could, I think if she'd gone, I think she's an honest enough of a girl that she would have just been like, well, I went when I was six, but it's not the same. <laughs> True. I'm just, I don't know though. She's, she's laying it on a little too thick. She, I agree with you. I, the only thing that makes sense to me is that she could go on her own anytime she wants, but yeah. she couldn't go her own on her, anytime she wants and work at a, you know, work a ball or a fashion show or any of that stuff. Isn't so, it better to go when you don't have to work? Well, I mean, maybe not if you want to be in the fashion industry. I mean... I mean, I'm reaching at straws here, grasping at straws here, but like, I think yeah. that like, that's where her remorse must be coming from. Cause you're right. She could go to Paris the neck, be like, Hey guys, like we're done with shooting. I'm going to Paris for a month. Whatevs. I like know. she could spend her whole winter break from school in Paris if she wanted. I feel like everybody in her inner circle, as you and Molly talked about, <laughs> like the Illuminati. I wonder how many times Lauren Conrad's actually been to Paris. In her life? Yeah. Like, since then? Like, do we really think this was her first trip? I'm just... Or has everyone she know been hiding it? Um... Like, I'm, I'm from a small town in New Hampshire, and we had a high school trip to Paris every year. I don't... But did, but did she take... I mean, I feel like the kids that went to, on that trip, did were they in French class? No. Really? No. Because that's... Growing up here, that wasn't my experience. Okay. All right. I don't know. I'm I've just, never been to Paris. Whatever. Lauren's never been to Paris, and she's super fucking sad about it. <laughs> And Andrina just looks at her and goes, sucks. Sorry. Yeah. Andrina just wants to go to the Roxy and get finger banged. She could give two I shits I think Andrina's really excited that Lauren's leaving the apartment. I'm sure. 
She can have her, all her dirtbag friends over and really yeah. turn it out. Yeah, and she doesn't have to watch Lauren's sad coupon clip pictures of <laughs> <laughs> And then we're back at Bolt House. We are, and I noticed something really interesting. Um, yes. Because well, we're at Bolt House and Spencer shows up. Yeah. And did you see his t-shirt? Who made it? No, I saw his high top sneakers though, and I kind of like them. Um, his T-shirt was made by, and I'm I. This is how I say it. I don't know if it's abbreviated or not, but Rivka R V C A. Oh, okay. That's so popular now. Like yeah. I have a pair of shorts. Like a lot of gay guys wear it. Like, I think it's just R V C A. It's just uh, I I just say Rivka, but oh, yeah, yeah. It, may, it it probably is R V C A. I don't know, but I was I didn't even know it was a thing back then. I was pretty surprised that he was like wearing one of their T-shirts because it's such a hot thing now. Like for the last two summers, I feel like everyone's wearing their shorts and stuff. Okay. It just stood out to me. Yeah, fair enough. So he goes up to reception, and the receptionist looks really young. She almost looks more like an intern than a receptionist, but I'll, I guess Audrina's a receptionist too, so what do I know? Well, to be fair, everyone that works there is really young, so she probably, the receptionist probably is 18, 19 years old. She looked it. Yeah. Um, so he asks for Heidi, and the receptionist says, sure, and picks up the phone. And then Spencer's staying there and waiting, and Kimberly comes out. Mm-hmm. And she says, Heidi left. If I were you, I'd call her. <laughs> and Spencer says, tell her I came by. And then as Spencer sad walks away back to the parking garage, like same shot that they had him coming in <laughs> in reverse, you see that Heidi's hiding in her office. In her office. Now, I originally had a lot to say until we saw Heidi was waiting in her office because I was going to be like, what the fuck? How could Kimberly not know where she is? Like, this is a work day. You can't just leave. But obviously she didn't. Um, now, do we think that Heidi was even there? Like, was that just stock footage of her in her office? Because they were like, we need to film a scene. Spencer, just show up and leave. I'm going to go ahead with it with stock. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah. I think they probably called Kimberly out because Heidi didn't report for filming that day or yeah. something. Mm -hmm. She just forgot. Kind of like the electric bill. <laughs> um, one of the things I did notice when he was leaving there that I really looked at the as the Bolt House, the SBE sign. Yeah. And one of their companies is Element Films. Now, do you think they had anything to do with the show? I don't what, know. Behind the scenes, like part of the production company or something? It seems weird that they'd be in film and not have something to do with this reality show that they're featured in. I don't know, though. I haven't seen Element listed on the hills, and I feel like MTV stuff is always similar companies. Like, we've all seen those, like... True, but I just... It seems weird to me. You think Bold House would be like, I want a piece of the pie. They may have gotten one. And I feel like Element is now a pretty prominent film studio. Yes? No? Maybe so? I feel like I've seen Element on a lot of movies and stuff. You know where the other piece of the pie that Bold House could have cashed in on is all the premiere parties? For the seasons and all the, oh, they could have been doing. We're gonna be the. You have to hire us to be the company. Or they could have done um, some stuff with Teen Vogue, or they could have done the MTV award shows like the after parties True. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, you're so right. So they they may have been able to do that instead. I'm not sure. Um, so then we go back to Teen Vogue, and Lauren is in the closet doing inventory with the Polaroid. She actually looks really cute. She's wearing a strapless navy dress with a long dark red cardigan over it. It's a little Mr. Rogers-y, but I think she looks cute. I a thousand percent disagree. I thought that <laughs> dress looked like it was a potato sack and it made her boobs look saggy and terrible. Okay. She's really into the tight strapless and she doesn't have big boobs, so. But I thought it made them look big and saggy. They looked flattened. I'll give you that. I thought they looked like pendulous and terrible. Like not flattened, like the opposite. Maybe it was the angle. She was bending over. Maybe. 
I don't know. She also lost me at the shoes, but I don't like Mary Janes, so. I like you. I think they're cute. See? There you go. <laughs> um, and Whitney shows up and says, good morning. Yep. And she also, when Lauren says she's doing inventory, she's like, oh, good. Those things have been there so long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We got a morning and a long. <laughs> <laughs> so then Lauren asks Whitney if she started packing for Paris yet. And Whitney says, no, I have to make a list. And she gets out a post-it note or something and starts writing things down. And Lauren is suddenly an expert on Parisian weather. A hundred percent. That sounds like someone who's been to Paris to me. Perhaps, perhaps. She said it's really cold there this time of year. You need lots and lots of coats. Hmm. Interesting. That is an interesting piece of the puzzle. Did you go to Paris for Thanksgiving once, Elsie? (laughs) Or Christmas. Yep. I'm just putting it out there. So then they have this bizarre conversation about coats and what Whitney needs to bring. And she says, oh, you've never been. And Lauren basically just like bites her lip and can like barely shake her head side to side. Um, I put Elsie never been to Paris dash salty. Yeah. She was real salty about (laughs) it. (laughs) She's like, no, I've never been. No, 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 nope. (laughs) (laughs) So then they said like, oh, she says Whitney's got to brush up on her French, which I... That's the other thing that I don't understand why they're acting like this trip is so long because they keep talking about how they need to speak French. No, you don't. You're going to be driven around by a Teen Vogue driver. You're going event to event. You're not going out among the people. It's so weird to me. And so then they start talking about how men with accents are more appealing. Uh, Because it sounds like they're singing, I believe is what Lauren said. Yes, yes. I mean, French is very beautiful. I find other languages beautiful too, though. I don't... Well, but I don't think they were talking about French. I think they were talking about French men speaking English with a French accent. Oh, maybe. Because she said, like, men yeah. with accents. So I think she means, like, oh, hello, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> Would you like a baguette? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. So then Lisa calls and wants to see Lauren privately. I have something to say about this. Okay. Um, and it was a little thing, but it annoyed the shit out of me. The phone rings... And I believe it was like an inter-office ring and uh-huh. not an outside line ring. And Whitney picks it up and says, hello, Teen Vogue. <laughs> wouldn't you say, hello, the closet or hello, Whitney or what? You wouldn't say, you're not the front desk receptionist, Whitney. Like someone's not calling you from an outside line in the closet. I feel like my, per- <laughs> my theory on that is that the phone in the closet never rings when they're filming. And Whitney probably didn't know what to say. Maybe. It just was weird. I mean, you would just be like, hello, this is Whitney, or hello, the closet, or whatever. They may have just said, the phone's going to ring, you need to answer it. Yeah. And so she didn't know what to do. Because if I was Lisa Love, I'd be like, oh, fucking, of course it's fucking teen, though, you dumb bitch. I just called you from the intercom in my office, stupid. <laughs> Whitney, don't fuck with me. Yeah. It's Lisa. <laughs> so anyway, Lauren tosses out her gum before she goes down to Lisa Love's office, which I think is funny. And then we go into Lisa Love's office and Lisa Love is speaking some beautiful French. She is, yeah. And this is where I realized she was speaking to the founder of the Creole Ball, which is a woman named Ophélie, because she says it just like that. Um, but I was proud of myself that my French has really gone down the shitter, but I could understand what Lisa was saying. Oh, uh, what was she saying? She was just saying, um, yes, I hear you, because we didn't really hear what the other person on the phone said, but she said, I should go. Lauren just came in. Kisses. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what bizu means. The funny thing... Oh, I guess it's like beso in yeah. Spanish is kisses too. Bizu. Um, I, I think it's funny because as upbeat as all of those words are, it sounded bitchy to me and flat. It's Lisa Love. I know, but it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then, I'm sorry we ruined the big reveal, but Lauren is invited to go to Paris. <gasps> what? <laughs> what? You're kidding. I'm not. Oh my God. The vision board worked. Yeah. 
And she leaves the same day as Whitney. And I like that Lisa Love is, it's not salty enough to just kind of be flat with Lauren. She goes, are you going to get on the plane this time? This part was good, yeah. Yeah. And Lauren said, do you really think I wouldn't get on the plane this time, Lisa? And Lisa said, oh, I don't know. Um, and she says, go with Whitney. She'll make sure you get on the plane. Yes. Yeah. She demotes her on top of it. But then I actually really liked that Lisa Love shares a really nice memory of her first trip to Paris with Lauren. She said that when she was 15 years old, she ran away from home and went to Paris. And she said, it changed my life and it could change yours too. I need to know so much about this. Yeah. Like I, Lisa Love needs to write a book. I need to meet her. I need to know yeah. what transpired on this trip. Like how long was she in Paris? Like how did she get on a plane at 15 by herself? Yeah. Uh, it's insane. Was she a know. prostitute? Like what happened? <laughs> I like, don't know. I want to know. Me too. That's a great story. It's an amazing story. But it was also very, it was a very sweet thing to say. I feel like she was kind of mean to Lauren and then she said it could change your life too. Yeah. You know, I liked it. Although um, at this point, Lauren's been on her own reality show for yeah. three seasons. So her life's pretty changed. I know. But um, I put in my notes that the life lesson here is that pouting really works. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for sure. If you don't get it, just pout for years and you will eventually. But I feel like we all learn that lesson as small children. Yeah. But Lauren's an adult now. Yeah. Well, it's held over for her. <laughs> just saying. So then we have to have dinner with Lauren and Brody. Yes, and I was very excited because the headband is back. Not the black patent one, but Lauren was wearing a headband. Oh, she was, yeah. She sure was. They're at a place called The Foundry. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm just getting good at recognizing the names and I keep writing them down. So then she tells Brody, excitedly actually, that she's going to Paris. And <laughs> she's, he asks when she leaves and she says Thursday. And he's like, this Thursday? Everybody's so shocked by the timeline and that someone's going to Paris. It's just this big to-do. And she said, yeah, I, I'm excited. And he said, I'm a little sad that you're leaving. And Lauren says, why are you sad that your single friend is leaving? Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure if that was a dig like, well, you don't want to date me, so I'm going to Paris. It kind of seems like that's what they're trying to throw on. No, I don't think it was a, you don't want to date me, so I'm going to Paris. I think it was uh, like, we're just friends. Like, who, like, you have no claim to me. So why, why does it sad? matter that I'm going to Paris? Like, well, who cares? Because honestly, she's going for a weekend. It's not, I mean, I, know. I went to Italy for two fucking weeks and people were just like, see you when I get back. Like, yeah. it's not, a, I mean, it, <laughs> no. it's not a big deal. Yeah. So I think that her whole thing was kind of like, why do you care? Like, I'm just going to be gone for the weekend. Like, I'm not your girlfriend. Yeah. And then I forget what Brody says back, but then he ends up saying, so you want a boyfriend? Oh no, what he says is, so you really want to find a boyfriend and Lauren and I had the exact same reaction. Yeah, me too. I like literally, I thought my head was going to twist off my body and I was like, what the what? Like, where is this coming from? Lauren says, where did that come from? Yeah, it was very weird. It was super weird. So maybe that was what Brody was throwing on for television then. Well, and again, I think that we've discussed time and time again that Lauren tried her best to be authentic on this show, despite the fact that it was so fake and manufactured. It's true. She did want to be authentic. Brody, not so much. So I'm sure if the producers were like, hey, like, let's have a little bit of tension here. I'm sure he was happy to ramp it up and like That's give true. her a hard time about boyfriends and whatever. And so she actually did say, where did that come from? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and because she, she was visibly taken aback. That was not acting. Yeah. I mean, I was visibly taken aback. So. No, I was too. But that's all I have about... Oh, no. Then they have this weird conversation about, like, dating and how when you date someone, you need to be proud to call them your boyfriend or girlfriend. That was all Lauren. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I was like, uh, okay. Um, 
I kind of glanced over that. What I wrote was that we have an amazing face acting montage. There was a good like minute where there was no words spoken and it was just a lot of like face acting, yeah. like reactions and smiles and looking down. It was very weird. Yeah. Very weird. Yeah. I don't know. So then we are at Heidi and Spencer's apartment. Chez Ambiance. Yes. For those who are new, Chez Ambiance. And Heidi actually looks adorable in some casual wear. And her hair looks amazing. She's just wearing some jeans and a big old belt. And she's wearing two camisoles, one halter style or racer back rather. And one spaghetti strap, but they're layered one on top of the the other, which is so 2007. And I love it. And some dangerously low rise jeans, which I was a big fan of at the time. Oh, if I looked like Heidi, mine would have been so low. Yeah. I mean, like the, I bet the crotch, I bet the zipper was an inch and a half. If yeah. That. They yeah. looked amazing. Oh, she looked great. And she's just packing things in a suitcase. In the living room. Yeah. Because that's what one does. I know that when I pack, I take my suitcase out of my bedroom <laughs> into the living room and then walk my clothes from the bedroom into the living room to pack it. I know It's not like I throw it on the bed, which m- would make sense. You've never put your suitcase like on your couch and pack straight out of your dryer? No. Oh, okay. I did that last week. I mean, do you think that's what she was doing? I don't know. I don't... Th- I think it was... I, for some reason... I, the light or something must be shitty in their bedroom because they love to film in the living room. I know. Like they never film in the bedroom. They're Very never even rarely. sitting at the dining room. No. So I think it must be something to do with the light or maybe there's enough room for the cameras or whatever. Although to be fair, we see the same shots of Lauren and Andrina's apartment too. But I wonder if that's the same. Well, but see, Lauren and Andrina, I feel... I mean, They're either couple, standing in the kitchen or they're sitting on the couch. Well, but the, a couple has the same bedroom. I know. I'm just... Putting it out there. Yeah, I, mean, I guess that's true. Lauren was packing in the living room too. So maybe it's just a space issue. Like your bedroom's not big enough to have all the cameras and the lights and the stuff that we need. So. Well, I also wonder if they think it's some weird privacy issue. Oh, maybe. Like they don't want the world to see their bedrooms, but they can see everything else. Either way, it's weird. I know. Very weird. But anyway, I definitely brought my suitcase down to the laundry room last week and just threw a bunch of clean stuff in it. Oh. But whatever. Fair enough. <laughs> so she's packing and Spencer is there and asks where she's going. And he actually said something that made me kind of sad. He said, I assumed you would have changed the locks on me. Wah, wah. Oh, I think that was just a stupid dig on his I know, part. I know. So dumb. I was like, oh, poor Spencer. <laughs> so she says she's going home to Colorado for a bit and that she needs to think about what she wants and he needs to think about what he wants. And, and he says home to Crested Butte. Yes. Like not, I don't know where else her home would be. But and he, he said, but, you can stay here and you know, like I'll leave you alone. You can stay in the apartment. She said, I need to go home. Just to be extra dramatic. Well, and I think that she needs to go home because we all know she doesn't really work. Yeah. She has no friends whatsoever. So if Spencer's not living with her and they're not hanging out in the apartment, she's got nothing to do. Nope. At least at home she can hang out with her parents and ride a horse. Eat at their restaurant or something. Absolutely. Um, and Heidi says, this isn't working and I need some space. So then they hug goodbye he gives her a kiss on like the, the shoulder slash neck area. Um, what I find interesting though, is that there's not a single tear because it's fake. I know, but it's just, they're not, it's, she's not very good at it. No. Spencer is good. Yeah. He actually looks sad and his dialogue feels real. Well, I think because he is a sociopath and is probably not capable of actual feelings, he's gotten really good at faking them. Yes. But, you know, it at least a tear running down the cheek. Not like a blubber, but that would have helped. Yeah. I mean, when you are sort of breaking off your engagement 
and saying goodbye to your fiance, you'd be a little sad. Uh, you would if that was what was happening. Yeah. But it's not, so. <laughs> well, I'm critiquing her performance. <laughs> so then we go back to the villas and now Lauren is packing in the living room, as we said. And I have to say that I was very amused because did you hear what she said? I mean, I'm sure I did, but I don't know which part of me is due. I hope we get a day off. Oh, And yeah. I'm like, you're not even there yet, you dumb bitch. You I wanted know. to go so bad, and already you're whining that you want to have a day off. To shop. To shop. Yeah. Also, okay, Lauren. I mean, I have no doubt that shopping in Paris is better, but how far away from Rodeo Drive do you live? Like, yeah. I mean, the stores are probably pretty similar. At least some of them. Um... Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's Chanel, Vuitton, all yeah. that crap. Yeah. yeah. Just pretty And up. she works at fucking Vogue. Yeah. <laughs> sure she could get any goddamn dress she wants. Yeah, and her wardrobe for, I mean, her budget for wardrobe is huge. But I just thought it was so funny. that it's of like course. I just want to go to Paris, and she's like, I hope I get a day off. I'm yeah. like, you're a dum-dum. Yep. And she almost forgets her passport. Yeah. Until and I- then, did you see where she put it? No. Okay, so you guys, she's wearing this like long <laughs> This is a much cardigan. Wor- this is a worse cardigan than the one you hated. Yeah, it's like mid-thigh, I would say, and like kind of loose. And cable knit, and the buttons are leather. Like, it is straight up Mr. Rogers. There were two gigundo pockets yes. in the front, and that's where she put her fucking passport. <laughs> Great way to lose it, Lauren. Yeah. It would fall right out. Yeah. Right out. Don't yeah. put it in your purse. It was probably fake. I'm sure. <laughs> So as she's packing, and after Audrina is the one who reminds her that she needs a passport to go to fucking France, she kind of practices slash butchers some French, which, sorry, I mean, mine is, I'm not going to demonstrate, but, oh God, it hurt. It hurt really bad. Then she couldn't remember what Je m'appelle means. It means my name is. Even I know that. Yeah. Like. And I know nothing. Everybody knows that. Yeah. That's like, me amo Meredith. I've never taken a day of Spanish. It doesn't matter. I don't need to. (laughs) So then she goes outside with her two suitcases. Oh, wait. We're missing... Well, you already said earlier that one of them was just shoes. So she's got a shoe suitcase and a regular suitcase. Now, the other thing that she said, my favorite, is that she said, I hope I have enough stuff because Whitney is always such an overpacker. You have two fucking suitcases, Lauren. No, she's... But she's relieved that Whitney's an overpacker. No, I know. She's saying, like, I hope I have enough stuff. Whitney's and then she's like, oh, Whitney will save me. She's an overpacker. You have two suitcases for what's probably a week at most. And one of them... Like, I am an overpacker. And even I don't take two suitcases for a week-long trip. No. No. And I just don't think I didn't count because I did. And the second suitcase had eight pairs of fuck-me heels in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I can relate to that because... Only recently, <laughs> uh, I had my luggage stolen in uh, back in May. Um, so like pretty much everything I own. And it has fixed me of my packing problem because of that. But until then, I would bring almost every pair of shoes I have because you never know what you might want to wear. Right. Like I'm with that. Like I'm terrible about it. I would, I would bring probably 10 pairs of shoes for a week long trip. Because I'm a dum-dum. I won't anymore because they all get stolen. Right. But. No, I'm the opposite. I don't like carrying a lot of stuff. And I'm happy. If I'm going to a place where I've never been and I'm not seeing people I know all the time, I'm happy to like wash and like rinse something and wear it again. No, not me. I know. A lot of people aren't like yeah. that. Yeah. Like I, I, I want to be prepared for any situation. I know. A lot of people do. Yeah. So, I mean, I can relate to her. Like her eight pairs of shoes. I, I get it. I'm, and I think a lot of women do that too. I think I'm... Are I you think calling I, me a woman? I said, I think a lot of women do that too. I'm kidding. I was giving you a hard time. God. 
I mean, you probably pack more like a woman than I do, though. Probably, yeah. <laughs> if you just said you would bring a suitcase full of shoes, you definitely do. Anyway, so then Lauren goes out to the car that is her driver driving her to the airport, and Brody is waiting for her. Yeah, which I thought was weird, because at first I thought it was Brody's car, because he's helping her load the trunk, and then she goes to get in the back seat, and it's a town car, and I'm like, wait. So he came over, yeah. waited out front, yeah. just to throw her bags in the trunk and leave? And get a kiss. Weird. Yes. Weird. Yes. And the kiss was kind of... I mean, they're Lingering. always awkward. Lauren actually smiled after, though. She managed to do that. Well, again, I'm, I guarantee this is the producers being like, we've got to ramp up the tension. We have to make it seem like... Yeah. You know, there's there's some longing for Brody while you're in Paris and he's going to be missing Lauren while she's in Paris and she'll be conflicted if she meets a guy in Paris because Brody's an out. I mean, dumb, dumb, dumb. So dumb. And Brody actually, I mean, you guys know, I love Brody and he really can do no wrong when it comes to his looks. He just looks like a scrub though. I thought he looked amazing. But he, he's wearing like white flip-flops and cargo shorts and just a t-shirt. He will never look bad. Never. But... He looks very broish. Like I just yeah. woke up hungover at the frat house. Yes. And I'm headed out for a taquito. Yes. <laughs> a taquito. Yes. Yeah. So then Lauren gets in the car and there's this whole little like, Brody, put my suitcase in the trunk. No, don't keep me here. Bleh. Like it's really, really bad flirtation. And so then Lauren gets in the car and we're getting this like montage of everybody just like settling in. It's very finale. Like, and we hear Natasha Bedingfield pocket full of sunshine <laughs> and we see Audrina now sitting on the couch, flipping through Lauren's magazines and Lauren stops to pick up Whitney and they have a nice chat about, I'm so excited. We're going together. And Whitney says it could be life changing. Did you notice though, the driver of Lauren and Whitney's car? Uh-huh. No. Um, I don't know what was going on with him. He was wearing giant, um, you know, this like sunglasses that change, like regular glasses that change color in the sun. Yeah. Like they look like sunglasses, but they're like those. And he had on what could only be described as a burgundy fright wig. Like, do you know who Emo Phillips is? The comedian? No. Um... Oh, okay. So, you know Kevin, the wedding planner from Real Houses of Beverly Hills? Yes. Like Kevin his Lee. bullish haircut? Yes. Like she, she, she. Exact same haircut, <laughs> but burgundy. Like that really fake, like cha-cha mama El Salvadorian Mexican like Prince burgundy. Valiant? Yes, like Prince Valiant, but thinning. Ooh. Um, and he was wearing like, I mean, it was bad. Raggedy bad. Andy. Yeah, Raggedy so he Andy. looked like an old gay... Trying to hang on to, I don't know, like his 70s look. Like it was, like you, if you haven't watched the episode yet and you're planning on watching it after this, definitely check him out because it was hilarious. I might rewind in between. It was episodes. amazing. <laughs> they show it really quick twice and I was just like, what's happening right now? Yeah. So then as Lauren and Whitney pull up to LAX, we need to talk about Heidi. You mean because she's driving to Crested Butte? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why? <laughs> That, because she's not going anywhere. I, I want it to be the last thing we talk about in this episode because it's that amazing. Yeah. They really want us to think that Heidi is driving with the top down all the way to the mountains in late November, early December. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's probably chilly in LA even then to have the top down. Well, now, do we think they wanted us to think that? Or did, are we supposed to think she was driving to the airport and because she wasn't going anywhere, they couldn't have a shot of her like walking down the jetway? I don't know. 
Because it really did seem like, oh, I'm going to drive to Chicago. When we watch the next episode, let's see if her if her car pulls in the driveway. Um, Because I'm sure that a convertible Audi does great in the Colorado mountains. But maybe they found her another one and they just like had her pull in the driveway. <laughs> I don't know. But it just like, for some reason it killed me. They actually paid for an aerial shot of her driving on the freeway too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It would have been easier to have her pulling up at LAX. Now, do we think, have we seen her driving aerial before? Is it stock? No. We've seen Lauren driving Ariel before when she moves to LA. Yeah, they probably figured that she's going to have this car for a while. We'll use that footage again. Right. We see a lot of them pulling up to places and like making turns, but this was actually like of the freeway. And I would imagine at this point, the budget's probably got gone up a little. I mean, they also... Because it's doing really well. Well, and they doubled the number of episodes they're putting out, so it definitely did. But But yeah, it was hilarious. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Sure. It would have been better if she was on a pair of skis. Yeah. She's going to make it that (laughs) herself. Yep. Well, that's all I got for this episode, but yeah, was, me too. It was a pretty good one, given that it was a pretty bad one. It was a good one. Um, so we will talk to you guys next week, yeah. where we will start um, episode nineteen, which is the first episode of the second half of season three. Yeah, and we'll find out what the fuck is going on <laughs> in Paris. Amen to that. Have a good week. Bye, guys. <sighs> and that's our episode. And you can find the podcast on social media, Instagram and Twitter at B. And if you have any comments or questions, you can email us at B at gmail.com. You can find me personally on Instagram and Twitter at Nana's Mink. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at B. Thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. We'd love it if you could go to iTunes and give us a star rating and review and please subscribe. Until next time.